Hi guys, this is JC with the You Made New Podcast and I'm coming back for a part three on our series on fear. I I will admit right from the start, I kind of thought I was done after the last two episodes. It wasn't that I thought I'd covered everything. <laughs> I know that wasn't the case, but I really believe with a lot of the things we're going to be talking about, um, I, I can't cover everything. All I can do is throw some ideas out there about how the Lord has changed my mind and how he's promised in scripture to change all of our minds and save us and redeem us in our sweet little heads. But truthfully, in the working out of these things in our lives, for a lot of us, that's got to be between us and the Lord. Like I, I can't say all the things that you may need to hear. And so I thought, well, okay, you know, I've, I've done two episodes. We've really looked at fear and anxiety a little bit and, and how Christ does offer us a place of peace right in the middle of the storm. And it is possible through him, but some of the grappling with that and the wrestling with how to get there, um, needs to happen on our own. So I was ready to move on, but it's really interesting. I, I woke up, I, I didn't sleep well last night and we're again, like I said, in the last episode, we're right in the middle of everything going crazy because of the coronavirus and things are really shutting down and, and toilet paper is gone from the, the shelves in the stores. And my daughter came home from college, said my college is shutting down and just everything is starting to collapse. And, and as I, I, uh, started to watch some more news reports, I watched, it's almost like Satan said, yeah, JC, I, I saw those two episodes you did. But it's like he laughed at me and went, you want to watch me mess with your head? And and the fear came back. It just, again, because of everything that was going on in my world, the winds and the waves overtook uh, my mind. And I was, I was kind of freaking out a little bit for a little while. But it's funny that it does that because what it did to me is not swallow me up in the waves. I mean, I didn't go down for the count. What it made me realize yet again, and I thought this is why I have to do one more episode on this is I have to say unequivocally before we leave this subject is that the battle with fear is a battle. It's all an outright war with the enemy because he may, he may laugh at our little attempts at first to find peace in the midst of insane difficulty. He may mock us and say, yeah, right. I'm just going to load it on heavier. You cannot be free of this. You think you can live in peace? No way. And he may flood us. He may make it even worse. Um, before the, the battle's over. And so what I want to talk about for just a few more minutes, and again, I don't know where I'm going with number four. Maybe, maybe the Lord will bring me back here again, but I feel like this is kind of our exclamation point on dealing with fear and anxiety in our minds is that we have got to remember it is a battle that we have to fight like a warrior through the grace of Jesus Christ to hold on to that peace. We can't just sit and, and let our minds drift to where they would automatically go and just hope that the peace gets there. This is a concerted effort. My mind went first back to um, 2 Corinthians 10. And I think I've, re I've referenced this before. I know I have in other episodes. But, I mean, Paul's very specific. He says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Like, this isn't about swords and guns and regular weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, worldly but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Don't tell me that fear can't become a stronghold in our life where we can beat on it and beat on it and try to get rid of it. And it's just like a brick wall that we can't take down. But he says, no, no, 
There are weapons through God that are mighty enough to take down these strongholds. But this is the process in verse five, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bring it and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Don't tell me again that fear and anxiety cannot exalt themselves above thoughts of Christ and take over our minds. So the battle that we're fighting is to exalt thoughts of Christ above the thoughts of those fear, the, th- the fearful thoughts that are coming and swarming our mind. So I've been thinking about that again since about two in the morning and all morning. This is not to, to be free of fear. It's not about a circumstances shift. It is solely a mind shift. We can interrupt those thoughts in our minds and confront them and put truth in the path to stop those thoughts from spiraling, spiraling out of control. Um, a perfect example came and it was a gift from God. I just knew it was as I was contemplating this and pondering as I'm not sure what's going to happen in the weeks of ahead with the world travel's been shut down. So many things happening and I'm not sure what's going to happen. But as my mind tried to spiral, I was again trying to take that captive to Christ. And I found a post on Facebook that I love so much that I shared it on my personal page. It was a woman who lives in Wuhan, China. And who has already been quarantined in their apartment for 48 days. For seven weeks, they've been under quarantine. They've been in lockdown. And she said, you know what? My husband asked me the other day. It looked like she was American. I don't know. But she said, my husband asked me, have you ever shared any of the good that's happened during the quarantine? And she said, I kind of laughed like, "Uh, no, no, I haven't. And so she did this really long, beautiful post about all the good things that have happened while they've had this lockdown from coronavirus. She, she talked about beautiful things like how their family has finally had time to slow down and reconnect. They've had quiet time. They've had time for naps and reading and togetherness. She says, we just, we weren't living that way before. She says a new sense of community has just emerged that is so precious. She said, I had friends before and we were all connected, but not like we are now because we've had to rely on each other. The friendship has just blossomed and grown and become so sweet. She talked about the simplicity of life again in their food because they have to cook simply in hearing the birds outside. She said, I didn't think there were any birds in Wuhan, but I'm realizing it was just the crowds and the tumult. And now that it stopped, I'm watching the beauty of spring burst through the city. I'm listening to the birds. Like she just went on and on. And I thought truly that is a mind who is fighting. She could get lost in fear. She's been locked in her apartment for seven weeks, but she focused on taking those thoughts captive on seeing the beauty. I mean, for heaven's sakes, what if this whole coronavirus thing, and I don't know when you're listening to it, I, to this, I, I don't know if this will still be applicable, but For what if the Lord is like, you are all running so stinking crazy in your lives. I've been trying to get you to slow down and you won't do it. So maybe a little quarantine will get you to listen to my voice and to reconnect with each other. I mean, I don't know what he's doing with this. But there can be sweetness in any sense of circumstances. If we fight not to get swept away in the fear and scarcity mentality. There's not enough toilet paper. What am I going to do? And instead 
to focus on the sweetness on what we do have on the God that does love us and that will deliver and show us what to do in every circumstance. I was also reminded I, my daughter and I have been um, studying a little bit of Brene Brown and we were watching a video where she was talking about the what ifs and how we spiral mentally into, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And all these terrible scenarios don't tell me. I mean, that's, that's how we get caught up in a spiral of fear and anxiety is playing that what if game. And she says, um, the remedy for that, she said, I went back into my research. If you don't know who Brene Brown is, you can look her up, but a researcher on, um, for 12 years on the heart, on shame and vulnerability and different things. But she said in the research, the people that were able to leave behind a scarcity mentality and live in joy were those that were just grateful instead of getting caught up in fear, a battle of the mind toward gratitude, toward God, toward focusing on him, looking at him and not the waves. It is a battle. It won't always feel natural. Our human form, our cortisol, our adrenaline is going to beg us in fight or flight to freak out when these situations arise. So, so that's why I had to add one more episode to say, don't expect it to come easy at first. If we've lived in a place of fear and anxiety, it's going to be a battle and Satan's going to try to hang on. But the scriptures say they wouldn't say we could do it unless it really is possible, unless it could be done. I um, found another quote from Jenny Allen talking about fears and the what if thing that I was just talking about with Brene Brown. Jenny says um, in her new book, get out of your head, stopping the spiral of toxic thoughts. Very interesting title, isn't it? We keep finding new concerns to worry about new facets to each concern as if by constant stewing, we can prepare ourselves for what's to come. We experience palpable physical responses to things that are not real threats and our future tense fears are leaving us bound up with tight chests, unable to relax or be present, utterly forgetting that there is a God who will give us what we need today, next week, and 20 years from now, even if our very worst nightmares come true. She says, we are what ifing ourselves to death, but there is a better way because we have a choice. We have a choice. We, we aren't victims of our thinking. We think, well, my thoughts just go off. Well, here's your chance to take like, like the story I was talking about yesterday, where I really had to make a choice when a financial, I'm sorry, yesterday, you probably weren't listening to episode, the other part two yesterday for me, I recorded it yesterday, part two, when I told the story about our financial difficulties and how the Lord called me out and said, at what point are you just going to trust me? What do I have to do to earn, earn your faith? earn your confidence. How many times do I have to save you? And so it, for me, it literally was a choice. Even when my body wanted to fear, I could feel it rising up mentally. It had to be like, nope, no. And I had to turn to the scriptures and read about faith and read about deliverance and read his promises again. Say, nope, I'm clinging to this. I'm going to choose to block out. I'm not going to go there. It doesn't mean that the, the fear won't arise. Brene Brown said that in her video too, which I thought was an interesting connection. It doesn't mean that when we live in a place of, pe of peace, those fears will never tempt us to spiral out of control. The fear will still arise because we're human. What we're talking about in this whole series on fear is how we have a chance to interrupt that moment 
And instead of just being a victim to it and letting it take us and sweep us away mentally and completely destroy our peace, we choose to focus on the good. We choose to focus on Christ, on his words and promises that he will deliver us. We repeat it. We memorize it. We do whatever we can to keep that voice as the key voice. Um, that's, that's the weapon we fight is with his promise. When, when Paul said, we, we have weapons that are not of the flesh, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds. The weapon, I think, first and foremost, sort of the spirit, word of God, we're caught, he will flat out said, I will take care of you. We, we raise that sword and our fears will flee. They will. Um, I was also studying a verse from, I've got to move my scriptures over here. Let's see. From Philippians chapter four. Now it's interesting. Um, my denomination uses the King James, but if you read this verse in the King James, there's something kind of lost in the translation. King James says Philippians four verses six and seven, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and all, and the peace of God. And this part is beautiful, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So the promise is there. It's right there. The peace of God, which passes all understanding. It's beyond what we can even comprehend. We know from other verses, this is not a kind of peace that the world can give us. This is only the peace that Christ can give. It will keep our hearts and minds through the grace of Christ. So to gain that promise, verse six tells us what we have to do. And the first phrase is be careful for nothing, but let's look at some other translations. So we see the Greek, what Paul is saying here in this verse, you look at other translations. Again, I have this little app on my phone that you can flip through different translations of the same verse and see another way to see it and another way to see the same verse. And as I flip through the amplified, the ESV, the NIV, different translations, the idea was don't fret or have anxiety over anything. Some of them said, don't worry about anything. I mean, that's pretty bold direction about anything. Like we get some pretty scary stuff that happens to us. And, and here Paul's saying, don't no, don't worry about anything. Just offer your prayers to God. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, there's the gratitude. There's the gratitude that we were just talking about. Let your requests be made known unto God. Pour your heart out to him. Offer it to him. My very favorite translation. I have to open this on my phone really quick. Um, of all the ones I was studying on this verse, my very favorite one came from, um, oh, it's brought up an ad. Why does it do that? One second. It, it, it came from the message translation and the way Eugene Peterson, um, phrases this verse was key for me. I was like, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's how we battle. That's what it looks like to raise the sword and fight against our fears and really battle the enemy's desire to take us down and, and drag us down into the darkness of fear and anxiety. This is what it says in the message for Philippians four, six, and seven. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray, let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Let petitions 
and praises. Shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Isn't that a beautiful concept? Take the fears, acknowledge they're there and use those fears to shape them into a prayer. Here's the thing I'm concerned about, but instead of stewing about it and obsessing about it, shape it into a prayer, offer it to him. And then Eugene continues, sorry, the message continues before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. And then he finishes. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Man, it is possible. I mean, we, and I have to say this very carefully. I want to clarify what I'm saying, but we are a generation heavily medicated for our anxiety and our depression. Now, I understand that sometimes body chemistry plays a part. I've also learned that my diet played a part and my anxiety and depression completely shifted when I changed my diet. I get, and let me say that at the outset, that there are factors, other factors that can contribute to this. But the processes of our mind play a huge role in our our anxiety. Could it be that we're running for drugs and these numbing medications because we haven't learned how to battle in our minds for the peace of Christ, how to shape our worries into prayers, how to have such confidence in God. Like Oswald, Oswald Chambers said in our first part of the series that we know we don't revert to the panic stricken prayers of those who don't know God. We have such confidence in him that the world could fall apart around us. And we know still he will care for us. I mean, it's the promise we just read in Philippians four, but have we forgotten how to fight this fight? Have we never been taught how I, I would say that's probably the case for me. I didn't know I had a choice. I thought I was a victim to my mind spiraling. I didn't know how to stop it until the Lord kind of came and said, let me teach you how to fight, how to be a warrior for me and not let Satan take you out, excuse me, take you out just through fear and anxiety. It can completely cripple us, pull us away from Christ, suck us into the darkness, and we're just down for the count. Can we not rise up? I'm going to read this one more time. Don't fret or worry. Sorry, this is the message again. Instead of worrying, pray. And I would add, if that means you need to pray every minute of every day sometimes. I mean... Isn't that what he means when he says in scripture, pray always? We hear that a lot in the New Testament. Pray always. We just have a spirit of prayer. It doesn't mean we're on our knees 24-7. We have things to do, but we have a spirit of prayer and yearning and, and reaching for him in our hearts no matter what we're doing throughout the day. Instead of worrying, pray. Pray always. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, like she described in the Wuhan quarantine piece. It had come together for good. She wasn't in the best set of circumstances, but she could see the good everywhere. That sense of good and God's wholeness will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life.
It's a battle worth fighting. I'm not, again, saying in three episodes that we've covered it all, but I'd say we've got at least it out on the table. Take it. And between you and the Lord, let him teach you how to fight. Don't live in place of fear, anxiety. And you know what? If you need medication, he may prompt you to add that to the list. If you need to change your diet, he may prompt you to add that to the list. He knows everything your body needs to calm it down and to find the peace of God that passes all understanding. It is available, not just for some lucky ones. The promise is unto all who have their minds, Isaiah 26, 3, fixed on him, fixed on him, not their fears. I hope that's helpful. I know I'm going to continue the battle, continue the battle as our world continues to process what's going on right now. I hope you'll join me with that and rise up with faith and spread that faith to others as they are struggling. Let's spread it. Let's join. Let's come together and rise up the, with the sword and fight. Have a wonderful day.